Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. I want to remind you that it's meant to be a fun podcast. We are just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views and we cover some of the topics that you guys have been tweeting and emailing us over the past couple of weeks. So as usual, Chris, we'll start off with a couple of follow-ups and shout-outs. Yep, the first one is from uh, Aoife, from her own camping crew. Uh, She got in touch um, through our WhatsApp group to to let us know about, or to ask us even, a question about um, when you were out wild camping, is there any facilities that you could use to top up your fresh water, empty the toilet and that? So she says it'd be very handy for the likes of us who go wild camping away for a few days. You know, every few days then you need to um, to refresh the motorhome. So uh, I was suggesting to Aoife she could look at the Motorhome Parking Ireland app. Has, that's got a lot of good stopovers and airs and locations uh, there that will help you provide those facilities. There are some campsites that will do it. There are more campsites that won't do it because this actually came up in conversation on site a couple of months back when I was in Kilmore Quay and I was saying to Alice, there's still a lot of wild camping around Kilmore Quay and I said, would you take a, would you let people use your facilities? And she was kind of saying, well, I would, but not a whole lot of people. She wouldn't let it be known that she would. And I was saying, but you could charge a fiver because it is a facility, as you say, when we're wild camping that we need to dump and we need to refill. But on that, I spotted a thing on the Total Motorhome Ireland Facebook page. Hi, everybody. Just some info which might be useful. If you're visiting Kenmare anytime soon, the owners of the Circle K service station on the road to Malls Gap and Sneem have installed services for motorhomers. Four euro single charge, everything including a shower if needed. Now, there is a photograph and I'll try and find it for you so you can tweet it later, Chris, of the facilities. There's a dumping space for your grey water, for your toilet waste, and there's fresh water. And as they say, showers if needed. And that got me thinking. The Circle K garages tend to be pretty big places some of them are even some of these plazas now so maybe it's a thing that circuit k could maybe look into uh, on right across their their whole their whole um group yeah yeah and a follow-up to that you mentioned about some of the campsites i say there's quite a few campsites that will do it on an ad hoc basis you know they won't advertise it because they don't want uh, an influx of of wild campers coming in but uh, I'm sure if you go in and, and act very nice, they might uh, allow you uh, for a small charge. But look, if there's any garage owners or campsite owners or anybody with those similar type of facilities around Ireland that'd like us to give them uh, a plug or a shout out on a podcast, uh, let us know. I'm sure that the guys on the Motorhome Parking Ireland app will add it to their site as well. And, you know, the Motorhome Crack Forum and TMI on Facebook, I'm sure they'll all give it a mention as well. You know, we're, we're all out to, to help each other out. Uh, wild campers, uh, especially in this instance. So we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast, as always. And uh, yeah, if you're in the vicinity or if you're a motorhomer and you've come across a place like we just mentioned there at the Circle K service station, please do get in touch and let us know. We were talking in the last podcast, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in quite some time and Elaine and her boyfriend were heading off to Scotland, Gavin, in their motorhome. And they've been listening to all of the podcasts and have caught up with all of the Charlie and me videos on YouTube. And she, I had sent 
her a personal email and she emailed me back to say that we know all about Charlie and me. We're subscribers and regular viewers on the YouTube channel since the beginning. Uh, it was great to hear the shout out on the podcast because, as I say, we mentioned him in the last podcast. We were listening to it in Scotland and we were driving from the Isle of Mull to Fort William. And I was recording our journey on video. I was recording Gav driving and listening to the podcast. So I caught his reaction on email. So I've asked her to forward me on that bit of video and I might just throw it up onto the front or tail end of one of our Charlie and me videos. Yeah, but she's funny. going to say that they may actually start doing videos themselves of their trips. And Gav's parents, Maura and Simon, hi guys, they're actually on the adventure as well in their little Mazda Bongo. So they go on to say, we've got our own little camping crew going here. So they said that they might meet us down in Ardmore, that Dixfield is sounding unmissable. So Elaine and Gav and mum and dad in the Mazda, that's Maura and Simon. Thanks for listening to the podcasts. Stay tuned. Keep watching the videos and thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, they mentioned Ardmore there. I've been in Ardmore, I think every weekend now for the last nearly two months um which is why i haven't been reviewing many campsites for, for the last while so i'm hoping to go further afield over the next few weeks but you're going to tell us Aaron, about your visit to kong camping and glamping site in county mayo yes when we were on the holidays i said that we'll keep note and the videos are going up as we uh, make our way through the weeks and charlie and me are camping vlog we went to kong camping and glamping park in mayo now i had heard a lot about it Kong is the home of the quiet man. It was made in 1951, Maureen O'Hara and John Wayne. 1951 and fair dues to the little village, they're still milking it. The campsite has <laughs> memorabilia for the quiet man. It wasn't featured in the movie or anything. The glamping site is fantastic. Now, it's a little bit on the expensive side. A unit, two adults with electric hookup was almost 32, 33 euro. I think it's 27 euro and a fiver for electricity. It's very large site. On TripAdvisor, some of the reviews are people don't like the hedging because there's very, very tall hedging surrounding the whole campsite. That didn't bother me at all. The site was clean. The pitches were large, so large that we could reverse the trailer and leave it hitched to the camper and still drive the car, reverse the car off and back onto the trailer. So the pitches are large, electrical points everywhere for both tents and motorhomes and caravans. There's only about eight, maybe 10 hard stands, but then the grass pitches are marked out as well and they're pretty hard during the dry weather and again with water and electricity. Playground for children, fantastic. Little shop on site with the basics, you know, your milk, not, not even bread and butter, but milk and ice cream and holiday treats and stuff like that. Free Wi-Fi throughout the site, but it's brutal. If you want to use the Wi-Fi, <laughs> you got to take a walk up to the amenities block. Camper showers and toilets, barbecues, games room, laundry, free parking, wheelchair accessibility. Now, there's a mini cinema which boasts showing The Quiet Man every night. It wasn't on the weekend we were there, and the campsite was pretty busy. And then they have the usual, as I say, electric hookup, chemical disposals, and waste disposal. A little bit pricey, but clean. And, you know, for one night, I would go back. Things to do. Kong Village is just down the road. Um, it's it's worth walking around and seeing the, the set of The Quiet Man and the pub that's featured in The Quiet Man. Literally less than a kilometre down the road is Loch Corrib and then there are boat hires there and if you're into fishing um, there, by the way, there are also Quiet Man guided tours. There's beautiful restaurants. There's beautiful takeaways and cafes for afternoon tea. Ashford Castle is right next door to the campsite, but it's 15 euro in on the gate. Now, 
you can walk around and in there there's archery and there's horse riding and stuff like that. A little bit pricey, but you know what? I would definitely go back again because the area of Kong and County Mayo is actually a nice place to go visit. So their website is Kong Camping, C-O-N-G Camping.com and you can book online or you can give them a buzz. But remember, 27 euro, fiver for electricity, fiver for awning, two quid for an extra child, four euro for an adult, five euro for a car and there's an extra levy of five euro for a big tent now they do have clamping tents i think there's about 10 teepees and they come fully equipped with bedding and then you have use of the camper's kitchen so you can bring your non-camping friends with you you can and just leave them there in the teepees yeah there's plenty to do now there's actually a hostel there they don't advertise it that much but there is uh, accommodation upstairs uh, with a tv room the kitchen is literally like a hotel kitchen it's a real industrial professional kitchen that you can go in and it's plenty big for three or four families to cook in so yeah despite the slight little bit of expense it's worth a, another trip down and i'm sure we will make our way back down there over the next couple of summers so kong camping and glamping site in county mayo yeah definitely up that whole northwest area is somewhere where i haven't been and i'm definitely going to try and maybe make a, a trip of it next year uh, probably you'd really want to be spending a week or two up around there though, to, to make the most of it what do you think well that's what we wanted to do we actually we had to start our holidays in Loch Ennell in, in Meath because we had a function to go to but we really wanted to drive up north right up to, to Donegal and work our way down but it just didn't work out that way but we trekked from I think we trekked from Ackle right across to Kong and then we went from there towards Oh no, down to Dingle. Just keep an eye on Charlie and me our camping vlog because the videos are coming up. Um, I think actually Kong is the next video to come. I can't remember. There's been so many, Chris. But uh, yeah, you'd want to be going for a little more than a long weekend. I always said that about Ackle as well. And even Doolin, you know, we, we go to Doolin quite a lot. But they have to be a long weekend because it's a fair old spin from our part of the country to the likes of Doolin or Ackle or Kong. So you'd want to be looking at staying in around the area for at least three or four nights. That brings us, I suppose, to the um, products and camping uh, tips uh, section. I, I see during the week there was a, a couple of uh, blog and email postings about Heimer's new range of its 2020 motorhomes. So if any of you want to check out those, check out Heimer.com or, or any of the Heimer-related blogs. As you know, myself and Aaron uh, both have Heimer motorhomes, so we're uh, slightly biased uh, towards the Heimer motorhomes. <laughs> and we're hoping to head over to the... Um... Birmingham over to the motor the camper motorhome show so hopefully we'll get to actually see them and we'll do some video footage for Charlie and me and we'll definitely be doing some podcasting from there as well in October of this year the only thing is I'm not allowed to bring a credit card bank card literally a pocket of change <laughs> or I'll be getting the ferry home because I, it's like I just love the smell of a new vehicle and I kind of go yes, yeah. somebody has marketed that and I step into one of those 2020 range of Heimers and I'm going to be divorced I think I'll be signing up for the, the 10 kg bag and I, I know me, I'll just end up coming home with a bag full of gadgets and camping bits and pieces that I don't need. It'll give us great content for reviews, so I think you should <laughs> buy them, whether you need them or not. You've got to put out a little bit of expense and who knows, we might even get the whole thing sponsored and then we can bring home two 10 kg bags each. <laughs> so sticking with the container. Sticking a 40-foot container pulling into the port. Sticking with tips and camping hacks and products and websites and stuff like that. We got an email from, I think, one of our first international emails, is it? 
Yeah, it was actually Max Rydal Anderson. He tweeted us um, to our at the camping crew uh, Twitter account. He said, you asked for foreign listeners to speak up. Here is me currently auto camping in Denmark, Germany, Austria, and my homestead is Switzerland. He'd like us to tell him more about gear, some more gear and products. He said he just got his own camper 10 days ago. So thus far, his only, his only non-standard piece of equipment that he purchased is a Royal Gardener water clock. So that's an attachment that you put on your hose and it measures the flow and, and the amount of water that's going into your tank. He says, I like it as I can keep tabs on how much water I load in to control the weight. And he says, then I'm a data nerd with a smiley face. He said, "Uh, the pieces are standard fit, so you can buy the original or copies to keep the price down. He said, it's all available on Amazon for those fortunate to have such access. So that's a neat little gadget for people who like to know exactly how much water is going into their motorhome. So basically, it's just a meter stuck on the end, and then you put the, 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 the next little bit of hose into your water, and you can tell when you've got your 10 gallons or your 50 gallons or whatever without waiting for it to overflow. Yeah, it has a little reading on it, a LED reading on it, and I'll tweet out a picture of it. He sent us a picture of it, so I'll, uh, I'll tweet that out as well, and uh, you can have a look at it. Okay, and sure, if you listen back, although I'm sure he's listened to quite a lot, if not all of the uh, other podcasts, we do talk about stuff. But yeah, we'll definitely be picking up. uh, We like people to ask us to review things. And if we can come across them or if we can get our hands on them or we already have them, uh, we'll tell you more about the gear. But congratulations and well done. Ten days into owning your motorhome and uh, welcome to the camping life scene. We must um, ask out any listeners if they'd like to review a product or tell us about a product that they've purchased. We'd be happy to read it out or give them the opportunity to record a little um, mini piece that we can play on the podcast as well. Yeah, and people, when we say this to you, don't worry about sound quality because listeners will understand that you're not in a studio with us and that you've probably recorded it on your mobile phone or to the little microphone that's on your laptop. So don't worry about that. We'll clean it up as best we can uh, when we get it on this end of things. So if you do want to do an audio recording, please do let us know. And Chris will email the links to what way to do it if you don't have the technology or the know-how to do it yourself. And we'd love to feature you guys. Uh, like it, we're getting great reaction to when we had Ross on, on board when we um, broadcast live, well, when we recorded live uh, from our holidays two weeks back. So please, if you do want to chat, if you do want to review, we'll give you the contact details at the end of the show and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and Anchor, the company that hosts our podcast, they have a facility, as Aaron said, that we can send you a link. You can actually record that right from your smartphone, whether it's iPhone or Android. So you don't even need a laptop computer. All you need is your phone uh, and your microphone is built into it. You can record a review for us. And again, leave the mistakes and stuff. We have the technology for editing. So please do get in touch. If you want to just tell us if you agree or disagree with some of the stuff we're talking about, or if there's something you'd like to review, write down to a campsite that you want to review. We'd love to hear from you. And again, we'll give you details in a couple of minutes. This brings us to the camping abroad section. We didn't actually feature that last week as we were uh, down in Ardmore recording together. We, we normally record from separate locations. Kevin uh, Kevin T has given us some further advice on campsites in, in France and further field. You might remember Kevin gave us some tips in the podcast episode previous to, to last week's one. And uh, he's given us quite a list of different tips for getting set up on, on campsites in France and further afield. The first one he mentions there, he says, um, it's a good idea to bring a selection of electrical connections. We have on numerous occasions had to use it, our two pin adapter. 
adapter. Yeah, I said to you actually on one of the previous podcasts when we were in Spain and Portugal last year, I didn't have a two pin adapter. So I actually went to the hardware and bought the plug, the cable and the socket and made one up. You can never have enough electrical adapters and sockets and leads and connectors. So make sure you bring plenty of them with you because they're not like the Irish campsites where they have the blue socket. Most, some of them do, some of them don't. I wouldn't even say most either way. It's 50-50 and hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a splitter as well is always handy if you've got to share a connection with another camper nearby. But again, remember, if you're using a splitter, it halves the power that you can use because most campsites could be six to ten amps if you're using a splitter it's both people using that one breaker so just bear in mind if you're using the toaster and the other person's using the toaster you're going to split it we stayed on a municipal campsite in porto just outside porto and to give you the option and wait for this chris of either two amp or ten amp i could not figure out why you would want an option of two amp electricity because i mean you wouldn't I don't think you could run your fridge if you were running it on two amps, but it was just the first and only time I've come across it where he said, and it was it was one euro for two amp and it was two euro for, for six amp. But bear in mind, if you're using a splitter, you're sharing that one trip with the other camper. So uh, another tip he gives us is bring along uh, electrical cable. I think that's great advice. Um, as some sites may have the power points uh, quite a bit of distance away or even a joiner so you can actually join two cables together to give you that extra bit of length if you need it. Yeah, we picked up. I've been carrying the same uh, lead now for since my first camper. It's a blue lead that I made up and it's 15 metres long. It's actually probably only 14 metres long because every couple of years I just cut a piece off just to reconnect the connections and make sure they're safe. But we recently bought the 25 metre ones that were in Aldi or Little there, I think it was last summer, and I've only had cause to use it once but at least then it gives you up to 35 meters he goes on to talk about water now we have brought up the fact that you need water hose and again i've split my 30 foot into two 15s because there's no point unraveling 30 foot of hose and you're standing right beside the tap but again the tap may not be beside you so bring extra long hoses and remember as well, some people say don't drink the water in foreign countries, but he does go on to say that the water does tend to be clean. But I still always throw in a couple of the sanitation tablets anyway, just to be on the, the safe side. Yeah, if you're drinking water, just buy some of the, the gallon waters. If you're worried about that, you know, he mentions that it's a good idea to have the external windscreen covers. Um, he says in Ireland, we use it to keep the heat in. But in Europe, it's invaluable to reflect the sun and keep the van cool. Yeah, we found out last year we had the external ones on our last timer and then I actually bought them for this one that we bought the motorhome we bought in July. Um, I don't like the internal ones because especially now with the YouTube videos I've got so many little camera holders on the windscreen and with sat nav and phone holders so I love the outside ones because you don't have to be taking stuff off your windscreen and again if you go on to Charlie Amir camping vlog there's actually a video on where to pick up outside windscreen covers and how we use them and a link to the company in the UK where I bought mine. He talks about gas as well, uh, Kevin. He says, gas, the blue camping gas canisters are widely available in France, often found in supermarkets. He says, not sure about some of the other countries. 
Yeah, we stuck with the yellow. Actually, in Ardmore last weekend, I was talking to, I think it was Damien from Alloy's Fuel Merchants in Port Leash. They have a caravan, but they're looking at investing in a motorhome. And I had a chat with himself and Mary, his wife, and we got talking about gas. And it's something we're going to have to come back on, Chris. And we won't get a full podcast on it, but gas safety. Now, I know we've touched on this before, but I think we will look into getting an engineer and talking about gas safety. Because one thing I didn't know is you're supposed to replace your gas line from your bottle to your main connection on the camper every five years. But anyway, we got on talking about different bottles of gas. Some of us use butane, some of us use propane, but in France, Spain, Germany, there are so many different versions. So definitely do your homework before you head off. I think, and we're looking at changing it, this is just, again, a personal view, car gas. Ditch the bottles, get a gas conversion. Some people don't agree with that gas. Some more people do. But I know if we're heading to France next year, we're actually looking at putting back on an LPG gas tank, which we had on our last camper. And I really miss it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's handy, I suppose, to have it. But the, the next point he mentions is about the grey water. He says some sites have the facility to drain your grey water directly onto a drain on the pitch. For this reason, we have just gotten a flexible, attachable grey water hose. In the winter, though, this has its drawbacks as the water in the pipe can freeze. But it's handy if you want to empty your grey water without having to leave your pitch, uh, move over uh, to where the drains, uh, having that extra uh, hose, especially mm-hmm. for grey water. There, um, I know Camac Valley have grey water disposable, fresh water on your pitch as well. And I think, again, different motorhomes, but I know on my motorhome, an old Hoover hose will actually slip up over your, your out tap, your waste disposal tap. I know a small Hoover hose and you just have to rinse it out because, as you know, bits will come out that get washed down the sink. But, yeah, if you have access to a small secondhand Hoover hose, um, they work. And you can just usually, what, about 10, 15 feet long. Maybe that's something you could look into. So Kevin went on to say that in France, there are different types of sites from private sites to municipal sites. Now, I know myself and Deirdre, when we were in France, we stayed on a lot of municipal sites. They're usually run by the local town council. Actually, the site I mentioned in Porto was municipal where you have the two amp or six amp. They usually run at half the price, I have to be honest, of of the other sites. Now, we like to stay in the Castel sites when we're in France because they're a a big multinational group and they're usually on old vineyards. But we have stayed in a few of the municipal sites, which Kevin has mentioned, and they're worth looking at. They're usually pretty clean, pretty cheap. And to be honest, they just don't have the swimming pools or the cinemas or the restaurants, but they're still good campsites for when you're on your holidays. And as they say, they're usually run by town councils and reasonably priced. And he mentions that the private or commercial sites in France, the prices there will vary, but they generally have amazing facilities. And I can vouch for that because that's where we stayed in France over by um, Mont Saint-Michel. They've got kids clubs, heated pools, indoor and outdoor pools. You know, they've got all the chalet facilities for for our guests and fantastic facilities there. I'm looking at the brochure from um, Le Caisse from the castles, the castles, and one of the ones that we always stay in, in you mentioned Le Mans Saint-Michel, is a place called Les Hommes. It's a 600-acre site with a golf course. Now, what I remember of this site, I just remember paying €22 Euro for two adults, um, myself, Deirdre, Charlie, and we had the big motorhome. But this place gave you 
a wristband which you put credit onto. So you could send the kids off with 20 quid on the wristband. Oh, excuse Charlie. There's a courier outside. <laughs> you could send the kids off with 20 quid on the wristband and not worry about them. They can go to the McDonald's or the fast food takeaway or whatever's on site and have the change show up on screen so they know they have money, which is a very good thing. But then you pay that little bit more for sites like that. Yeah, he mentions some of the apps that we discussed before as well. He mentions Park for Night, Search for Sites, Camper Contact and the ASCII Europe. So if you're um, camping on the continent, those are four uh, good app tips for you to use. And we're going to talk about the ASI Europe because that's actually a discount card that is big in Ireland and Europe, especially for off-season camping. But I think there's a whole podcast talking about cards and stuff like that, and we'll come back to that. But yeah, uh, thanks, Kevin, for that. Park for Nights, the Search for Sites, uh, Camper Contact, and the ACSI Europe card. Yeah, we'll finish up with the, the last one, which is really important. He mentions bring your European medical card with you. I think that's the EUN11 card. And also travel insurance is always really, really important and breakdown insurance. So it, it's good to have all of that, whether it's a, a breakdown for yourself, a member of family or your, your camper. It's, just make sure you're well covered when you go over so you've um, so you can get home uh, again safely and get the camper repaired and all of that. And especially for that, is it repreation? I can never get that word right. If you want to get your camper van, that's the word. We paid, I think, a hundred euro one year. Um, some companies won't cover you. At the time, our van was a '96, and it was four or five years ago. So some companies won't cover a van over 20 years. So check with your insurance company that you have that, because that could be some expense if you're in the middle of France or down the south of Spain or Portugal, and you want to try and get back home to Ireland, and then all of a sudden. Your insurance says, we'll bring you home, but your motorhome stays where it is. So definitely health insurance and definitely look into getting your camper home just in case. So um, we spoke last week, uh, uh, Ross told us about payload. It was something that we hadn't really discussed or, you know, in my case, I wasn't too aware of it, to be honest with you. So I was, I was glad to get that um, really good insight from Ross that it was it was you know, really helpful advice. And on the back of that, Sprinter for Motorhome Crack um, Club got in touch with us um, um, about payload and further uh, clarification on all of that. Um, uh, you know, he sends us on an email. So I'll run through some of the key points that he says. He said, uh, hi, lads, keep up the good work. Great to listen to and watch Charlie and me uh, and the podcast. He said, not very fond of the term wild camping either. He says he suggests how about rough or native camping? <laughs> in fairness, I don't think we rough it in our motor homes. Yeah. So maybe we'll we'll look at pushing the native. He says you were talking about payload. It's something everyone should know. He said the reasons later. First, he said the terms that they that are used when talking about payload. First one is GVWR. That stands for the gross vehicle weight rating. Um, the other term you will hear quite a bit is GVM, and that's the gross vehicle mass. He said it's the maximum operating weight mass of a vehicle as specified by the manufacturers, including the vehicle's chassis, body, engine, engine fluids, fuel, accessories, driver, passengers and cargo. He said you will sometimes you'll hear uh, KW. This is curb weight. And this is the total mass of a vehicle with standard equipment, all necessary operating consumables, motor oil, transmission oil, coolant, um, uh, you know, well, not loaded with the passengers mm-hmm. and cargo. Mm-hmm. So that's quick explanation of some of the terms you'll, you'll come across. Um, he mentions payload then. He said, uh, payload is the figure you have left when you subtract the curb weight from the gross vehicle weight. And this is what is important because if you add 
more payload and exceed the GVWR or the GVM. You're he breaking says, the law. Yeah, and that's the first point. He says, the reason he says, number one, you're breaking the law if you're driving an overload vehicle. You see, Chris, this is a touchy subject because our camper vans, which I do call, we say, our motorhomes are standard 3.5 or 3,500 kg empty. Now, that's the biggest you can drive on a car class license here in Ireland. As soon as you put your clothes, your water, your gas, your food, your children, the dog, the bikes, you're now over the 3,500 kg, which your license allows you to drive. So really are a lot of us that have standard car licenses breaking the law anyway. Well, can't really answer that now. To go yeah, to it's, it's something I'm going to look at. But, well, li- well, literally, if you if you think of it, your license says that you can drive up to 3,500 kg. That's the weight of our vehicle empty. So as soon as we load it up, we're going but over it, that. So you is need it a the empty weight to iron or is there a, an allowance for cargo? There must be. I don't think so. I think the gross weight of our van has stamped. Now, because, and, and it's great that he has given us, because it's, you just read the plate. In fact, while you, you read through some of that, and I'll just pull out the logbook of my motorhome, because it'll, it'll state on that. The second reason he gives is that if you're driving on a car license, it allows you to drive a vehicle up to 3,500, as you said. Yeah. Uh, overloaded, you are not allowed to drive it. And number three, the insurance company will take a very dim view if you're prosecuted for either of the above or can cancel your policy for breach of terms and conditions. So just be very careful uh, about it. Um, some motorhomes set are, are plated over 3,500, so you need a truck license so you can drive a heavier vehicle, but you still have to keep within the GVRW for that motorhome. Now, I've pulled up, and hang on, I'm away from the microphone. I've just pulled up the logbook for the camper van, and we'll just say, but that, that was the point I was making, that, yeah, as soon as you start loading it. And also remember, if the camper van you buy has a tow hitch, see if there's a plate on it, just to let you know what weight you can tow, that you don't go pulling a Mercedes car behind you, that maybe it will only cover your little smart car or something. Right, the gross weight of my vehicle is 3,500. Now, that is the heaviest vehicle you can drive on an Irish car license. So as soon as you sit into it and tank it up with diesel, you should have a truck license, which is crazy, isn't it? Now, we're all insured, but I'm, I'm just wondering if there was an accident. I, I would hope the thing they're not going to be picky enough to say, oh, we've got to weigh our vehicle. Oh, your license doesn't cover you for that, Chris. Sorry, but your claim is not in void. People, please do look into this curb weight mass vehicle weight your gvwr and your gvm we don't want to frighten you i don't want to frighten anybody here but it's something to definitely look at what um sprinter mentions as well is people who have different ideas about what their payload should be and how to calculate it for me he says my curb weight is the actual weight of my van with everything i want to bring in holiday including mm-hmm. my passenger two full gas bottles and a tank of fuel and water right. what is left is my payload uh, i can allow myself a little more by just having fuel to get off the boat and dump all the fresh grey water tanks before I get on the boat. Now, Chris, it's, have you ever done that? I mean, it's not what people do. You know, you're going to fill up before you go on holidays. You're going to bring as much as you can. You're going to get onto the boat. You're going to go to France and you're going to have a whale of a time for the two weeks. I bef- don't know of anybody who has done. Before I leave France, I- I'd empty as much as I can out of it so I can top it up with wine. <laughs> <laughs> so you do, you do bear in mind. I you replace the water with wine. Terms, but, <laughs> and then you go home and you bottle it. <laughs> yeah. I just want to finish uh, Sprinter's email uh, on a really important um, 
point as well. And this is something again I hadn't considered until until I got the email from Spinter. He said it's a good idea to know what your weight distribution is, front and back axles, so as to load your van properly. Do not have the rear end dragging to the ground. It's a dead giveaway and a reason to get pulled in, especially in France. Yeah, you need to spread your load. You need to put all the heavy stuff as low as possible to the floor in the middle of your van if you can. That's something I had to bear in mind while I was building the conversion, not to put the fresh water and wastewater on the same side or the fresh water and wastewater down the back because all the weight would be, would be bum heavy and your steering would be loose. So it's something that I do bear in mind um, not so much now with the smaller, shorter camper van. It was something that I, I did bear in mind with our eight and a half meter tag axle that I'd be just wary of loading things and especially pulling the car. But not so much now with the shorter motorhome. But then again, we haven't been to France. We haven't been loaded up as much as we would be if we were heading away. But I do think people should look at the plate that is available. It's usually either under the bonnet, on the bulkhead, just kind of under the windscreen. You'll find it somewhere on your van. See what it is and bear in mind, you know, when you're loading the three kids, the dog, the three bikes, the two kayaks, all the water, all the it's something to bear in mind. I don't think so much over here, but I do think when you hit Europe, they have these vans and stuff that will just pull you over into a lay-by and they can they can weigh your van there and then and i don't know if they'll take it off you but i'd say there could be a hefty fine yeah it just look i suppose the, the final note i think to leave things is just be careful um have a, an idea of the weight of your van and you know loaded and unloaded and that way you'll, you'll know if you're going if you're going kind of dangerously close to the limit yeah, yeah. And thanks for that, Sprinter from Motorhome Crack. He's a regular uh, contributor to the show, and we really do appreciate it. And again, people, if you have anything that you'd like us to discuss, if you would like to discuss things with us, if you would like to record something for the podcast, Chris is going to give you all the contact details. Yeah, our Twitter handle is at the camping crew. So you can send us a direct private message through Twitter or you can uh, message us in public. We also have an email address and that's campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. And as usual, we ask for any ideas, campsite reviews, products, any news items that you'd like us to cover. And then, of course, you can go to my website, which is campsitereview.com. There is a forum there where you can review Again, products and campsites. Just open up a tab, and if it's not in the right, if it's not in the right category, we'll move it later. And then, if you could please subscribe. And by the way, thank you to the over five hundred subscriptions that we have for Charlie and me, our camping vlog. That's our YouTube channel, and we've had over twenty one thousand views of our videos thus far when we're recording this today. So thank you. That's Charlie and me, our camping vlog on YouTube, and campsitereview.com is our website and web forum. Yeah, that's a great result. Uh, a fair play to um, fair play, fair play to Charlie, should I say, for all his hard work over the last few months. And um, I think he's playing a blinder. And a big shout out to all of the people who actually got in touch. As I say, we were down in Ardmore with you for the weekend, and the amount of people that come up and say hi to Charlie, and have their photograph taken with Charlie, and have a chat with Charlie. Thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, it's all about Charlie. <laughs> I think that just about wraps it up for today's podcast. Again, please, if you would like to get in touch, drop us a mail and Chris will drop you the link where you can record, as he said earlier on, from your phone. And we'd love to have more interaction with you guys, especially with your voices on the shows. But wrapping it up for this one, which is episode 19, um, from me, Aaron, have yourself safe trips wherever you're going. And for me, Chris Byrne, um, don't forget to subscribe and to tell your camping friends all about us. Well, that's it for another 
another podcast from the camping crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.